You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all weather fan. I'm Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Baltimoreans. It's um, very easy to get stupid this week, Sam Dingman, as <laughs> we find ourselves uh, coming off a. Uh, I think I think last week we said we'd be very happy with a three and three road trip through yeah. Toronto and New York. Yeah, I was um, uh, I was thinking, Smith, um, uh, that we should I, I should start this episode by apologizing to you. Um, <laughs> you had said last week. Uh, I think you had said you would be happy with four of six, and uh, we let you down. Um, yeah. I, the best I can get you is is uh, five and the worst I can get you is five and one, and and one sinker that didn't sink from a from a damn clean sweep one sinker that didn't sink now can i tell you something i was at that game where judge hit the the game tying home run i i ventured into enemy territory wearing my orioles hat and i watched that game amongst the enemy and I have, in my life in New York City, gone to a number of Orioles games at Yankee Stadium. And I view this as my civic duty because (laughs) these jokers are always coming down to Baltimore or maybe they live there and (laughs) infiltrating the friendly confines of Camden Yards, yelling and screaming, making a ruckus. And... It is often a very unpleasant experience to be an Orioles fan at Yankee Stadium because we know how Yankee fans are. Uh, they have and no. Usually, they're also winning the game. So <laughs> yes, yes, which they did admittedly on on Tuesday night. <laughs> but the Orioles first built a four nothing lead against Garrett Cole. Did they blow that lead? Yes, they did. But as that lead was growing. I was making all manner of noise, as is my civic duty. (laughs) But as I was doing it, I started looking around. And there were a goodly number of Orioles fans in attendance. Which had not happened to me before at Yankee Stadium. What do you credit for that? What do you credit that for? Is that a uh, a symptom of... Um, uh, front front runnership is that a symptom of excitement? What's what's the what's bringing the Orioles out of the woodwork? You know, I think maybe it's that because this has happened before, right? This has happened before that um, the Orioles have become good and then all of a sudden like if you think back to 2012 2014 there was this same phenomenon of hey we're uh it's a road series and and what's this there's there's orioles fans at the game what what nonsense black magic is is happening um but i think there's an important difference between those teams and this team which is that those teams weren't supposed to be good and this team though i think it's arguably still a little bit ahead of schedule 
this is a team that has like consensus top prospects and there's been chatter in the mainstream baseball press for a year and a half now about the imminent arrival of the Orioles competitive window. So I realize I'm about to say something cynical, but I think there's, I'm not saying that the, the Orioles fans that I'm seeing out in the world are bandwagon or anything like that, but I think the world has just been a little bit more primed for this than it was uh, before. Uh-huh. Um, and the difference between the 2012-2014 teams is you have to be an Orioles fan to really be like, no, dude, Nate McClouth. I'm telling you, <laughs> Nate McClouth. Like, the dude is legit. I know the underlying statistics suggest otherwise, but I swear this is real. That's very different than being like, no, it turns out Adley Rutschman is pretty much as advertised. Like, you too, who also geek out about all the Keith Law prospect rankings. Like, we can both right. enjoy this. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, I, that's, that's, I, so I had, I had two reactions that I thought were interesting to that, that game, the game that you were at. Mm. Um, one was uh, surprise at how quickly I began to assume the worst. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. as soon as we lost that game and then fell behind before the the miraculous seventh in the second game uh, of the Yankees series, I started to expect the sweep. I went very, very quickly back into my Orioles defensive position uh, of, mm. of curled up on the ground in the fetal position in the shower, um, <laughs> or at least emotionally same. Uh, yeah. I was just surprised by how um, quickly that sort of big brother, little brother feeling of being bullied <laughs> reasserted itself. Yeah. Uh, so then, um, boy, howdy, that seventh inning was so cathartic um, for that exact feeling because the assumption that we've been talking about on this podcast of like the Orioles belong now. Yeah. Uh, and I kept thinking would the Orioles belong. And then the first, I don't know, uh game and a half of that series, it felt like, yeah, they belong, but you can't, you can't out ghost the Yankees at Yankee stadium. You yeah. know, there's no, yeah. there's, it doesn't matter how much you belong. You're still not going to win, win any games here. Yeah. Um, and then for that to switch was, amazing uh and then last night's game where uh kyle gibson um without his best stuff pitching i think sort of like uh working around some some working through some control issues yeah um still manages to dominate the yankees over seven innings uh that kind of outing doesn't happen against the yankees no when you're an orioles fan that doesn't doesn't happen it doesn't. Like, it doesn't. If you if you bring that weak ass shit to Yankee Stadium, you get hit. <laughs> There's no working around that. Yeah. Uh, Especially and, by and this it, Yankee team. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't. And 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 the the feelings coming out of this this weekend. I I think I will quibble with you slightly about the idea that we are on schedule or not. I mean, you you said slightly ahead of schedule, but like if you look. Uh, there, there was a tweet from at Orioles fan Ryan about an Orioles lineup screenshot from less than three years ago. 
Um, <laughs> leading off, Hanser Alberto. Oh, uh, no. Number two, Anthony Santander. Okay. Uh, he's still there. And then Renato Nunez, Pedro Severiano. <laughs> Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Our DH was Chance the Catcher, uh, <laughs> DJ Stewart in left field, Pat Valakia in third base. Like this is Pat this the is, Bat. Pat the Bat. This is this is grim. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. And and while there were even then sort of like that that team everyone knew was a year away from being a year away. It it was surprising. It's surprising to me that like all of the potential that was waiting in the wings behind that lineup has succeeded to the level that it has. Yeah. So I went to this game on Tuesday with a friend who's an Oakland A's fan, which, surprise, there are still some of those. And he is... Six. Yeah. Yeah. And he is also, surprise, having a terrible time right now. And yes. So he's been joking with me. Um, he's like, I think I'm, I think I'm going to become an Orioles fan. Like, I think I'm really, uh, that feels like a way to salvage my heart. So he welcome. was like, what do, welcome aboard. I, I was like, the tent is big, man. Come on in. So he's like, what do I need to know? And I was like, oh, I, I don't know if anybody's ever asked me that before. And I'm curious to know if you agree with this. But I said, one of the big things you need to know about this team is that we as a fan base are not accustomed to the idea that, one, there is a plan, and two, (laughs) that that plan appears to be working, uh, or three, that the architects of that plan have been invested and empowered by the ownership group to cook, as we have been talking about. And we are seeing the fruit of those efforts, um, but we don't and perhaps never will trust it. We are convinced. We're always waiting for the punch. That's kind of what I said to him. Um, And I think that's interesting to think about in the context of that screenshot you were just describing, where at the time that lineup was being run out there, we were like, what are you doing, Mike Elias? Like, we're never getting out of this. Like, you guys are just trying to save money, all these things. So the money thing may still be true. But what seems like maybe was actually going on is it was like, you guys just got to bear with us for 300 more Pat Valeka at-bats. <laughs> <laughs> we do have an idea of where this is all supposed to end up. Two thoughts about that. One thought it's so important that this team continue to be unaware idiots in that regard. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think that, um, again, like much like the 2004 Red Sox, like that it's very easy for a team to um, take on the assumptions and pressures of a fan base. Mm -hmm. It's very easy Mm -hmm. to go to, um, you know, with lots and lots and lots of people watching a game and something happens and goes wrong. And like it it happens a little bit less in baseball because of the number of games, but in live sports in general, if there's sort of like a collective sphincter tightening moment, if the fans get anxious, then it's very easy for that to sort of like play out on the field. And I think that there is really something to be said for the mentality of this team where they're just like, 
They're like Labrador <laughs> retrievers. They're like big, dumb doofuses who yeah. don't know that they shouldn't be doing this. Um, and that this is not a thing that Orioles, and, and I think you're right. Like from the Orioles fan perspective, this, we don't get to do this. This is not the yeah. kind of team we get to have. We, yeah. we, we, maybe we get to have a team that like, um, that accidentally comes together in moments, uh, for a playoff run, but we don't get to have a bully. And this mm-hmm. team is starting mm-hmm. to feel like, like a bully. Like they're, they're like a, they're a good team and they're, aware of that and they swagger into town and take three out of three from the red, the blue Jays and Adam Fraser tells Alec Manoa to shut the fuck up as he's walking off the mound after mm-hmm. getting struck out. And mm-hmm. like that, you know, that's like, we're, we're like giving it back a little bit yeah. in a way that um, I think the Orioles like, so maybe the advice to your Orioles, to your, to, to a newly minted Orioles fan friend, whether they are refugees from the Oakland A's debacle or not, is um, don't buy in to what you need to know because, you know, mm. that might be the thing holding the Orioles back. What what we think we know may be the thing. This collective like, oh, oh that's we're interesting. we're going to fuck this up. We're going to fuck this up is yeah. actually not what you need if you're a team kind of uh, young and relentless and um, unaware of, of that collective PTSD that the fan base may be experiencing. Second yeah. thought. Yeah. I am worried that my personal sports fandom is beginning to um, resemble the portrait of Dorian Gray. Um, <laughs> okay. because Tell me everything. In the moment, you're right. The Orioles are a team with a coherent vision. Mm. Uh a farm system and a development league that seems to be for the first time in living memory, taking classy prospects and turning them into classy players. Mm-hmm. It seems like the manager and the GM are aligned. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like ownership, however flawed they may be, is at least enough in the background <laughs> to not get in the way. Meanwhile, the Tottenham Hotspur is a portrait in an attic somewhere of organizational collapse. (laughs) Uh, Everything that I just said about the Orioles is completely opposite with Mm -hmm. Spurs. They Mm -hmm. can't hire a manager. They're in their second gigantic search in two years. People keep turning them down. There's no coherent system. There's no plan. No one has any idea how recruitment's going to work. There's one dude who is sort of like an Angelos in a lot of ways, um, uh, making all the decisions poorly and, ping-ponging back and forth from strategy to strategy. Um, And I'm just worried that I'm the nexus of all of this. And as one team succeeds, uh, the other team inevitably has their will to live uh, (laughs) sapped from them. Not unlike the picture of Dorian Gray in the attic getting older and older. Oh, my God. Well, (laughs) (laughs) hold on. I'm just digesting that for a minute because that was beautiful. (laughs) I don't... I don't want to let this moment of my life go by. That was glorious. Um, Let me ask you this. In retrospect, when I think about the 2018 Baltimore Orioles, the 47-win, 48-win team that was intended to contend, um, 
signed, by the way, our big free agent signing that offseason, Alex Cobb, who was just a disaster for us. Currently, I believe, leading all National League starting pitchers in wins above replacement. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I think what, in looking back, I think what happened that year is we needed to we needed to hit bottom. We had been right. buoyed along by good fortune, sports mysticism. The will of Adam Jones. The will of Adam Jones, canny managing, Manny Machado being an otherworldly talent, um, other teams having bad years when we had good years, catching some good luck in one-run games, hitting a number of home runs at good times, all these things. But really, the 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 baseline skill set just wasn't there, and, and even and the and we all railed about it at the time. But but the 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 Pythag what, what is it called the Pythagorean theorem? No, the what's the Pythagoras? Oh, the the Pythagorean one loss. Yes, mm-hmm. they were right. We were overperforming repeatedly over a couple of years. Yeah, our underlying skill set. Yeah, and we had there were some reasons for that. You know. Um, like, you know, Buck Walter is a meaningful difference maker, I think, for a team like that. But all of that being said, I think the Orioles had, that had been the Orioles model looking back for a very, 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 very long time. It was just a very old school yes. organizational approach, really since the 80s. And it had produced enough success over several decades that there was no real need for it to change but that 47 win season was a bottom out and necessitated a total teardown and so i'm wondering and and it it sucked at the time but it kind of had to happen um i'm wondering do you feel like that's what's going on with tottenham is that something that has happened with them before yeah, they're in the midst of a very similar, um, yes, they, exactly so. They overperformed and captured lightning in a bottle um, with a couple of players in 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have made a series of um, boneheaded sort of win-now decisions that have not worked out. And everybody has known for a couple years that a painful rebuild was in the offing. Um, and now the painful rebuild is now two years late. Uh, so uh. a full teardown is needed. But what's interesting, I think, and maybe the most opposite of the Orioles right now is even as that realization is happening, it doesn't feel like the pieces, the, um, the Michael Elias or the Brandon Hyde are in place for the restructure. Uh-huh. There's been loose, irresponsible talk of Tottenham modernizing their recruitment, player recruitment, and stat- statisticians' teams to catch up with everybody else in the Premier League. But that had not yet happened. Mm-hmm. And instead, we keep going back and hiring. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the baseball equivalent of Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte would be. Um, but it's really like um, maybe... Uh, a less charismatic version of Earl Weaver, like all by the <laughs> gut, all by the balls, all on emotion, all, right, um, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, 
um, passion and we have one way we play and uh, mm-hmm. I know I know better than you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I am a capital B baseball manager. Right, um, right, right. You think you're better than me? I'll smack you in the mouth. <laughs> and I won't use Zach Britton uh, in a non-save situation, even if our uh, mm-hmm. fucking season is on the line, Buck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how much that one still hurts? Yeah. It still hurts. It still hurts. Even though, you know, like, so much has changed since then, most of it for the better. That one still really, really stings. Should, yeah. we, think about, should we think about that for a second? What is it that stings about that? It, I think there's two things about it that sting. Huh. One is, if we had won that game and advanced in the playoffs that year and maybe, you know, made a decent run, perhaps it would have inspired the front office to make some more significant investments. Like, could ostensibly have been, maybe that's, maybe that's the offseason that convinces us to lock up Manny Machado long-term. Um, all these things could have that's happened. That's the offseason after the deep run where we lose to Kansas City, right? I think it's two years after. I think this was 2016. So I think that the reason for me that it stings is because it represents the end of that team that was buoyed along by mysticism and Orioles magic mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Adam Jones's will. Mm-hmm. I, I think it stings be- the most to me, or that still sticks to me because it it was a harbinger of, and we sort of knew that, like that team was in a playoff, a single game playoff instead of making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that team was like sliding back down the ALE standings and couldn't quite put it together for a significant run. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't feel like it quite belonged. Mm-hmm. And I still love them very much. So mm-hmm. I think it stings at least in part because it was sort of the emperor has no clothes moment mm-hmm. of the descent of that Orioles team. Yeah. Yeah. We're not actually that good. We don't actually belong. Uh, and right. we didn't actually give ourselves the chance to be great because we didn't use our best player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, there was something about that that was like, we're trusting an old school model. And this is as far as it can get us. This is yeah. it. This is it. This is the mm-hmm. this is the completion of 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 the best that this can be. Yeah. Your newfangled baseball be damned. We're doing it our way. <laughs> oh no, our way does not actually it is not actually sustainable. I'm not I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it was in, in years past, but mm-hmm. but now I feel like it isn't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 I guess the other thing I think about in that moment is that it was such a it was it was such a deep confirmation of that old waiting for the punch feeling. Um yeah. it it was such a, you know, if you have an anxiety brain that that tells you devastation is imminent at all times. It was like, yeah, the worst. The it's just a. It's only a matter of time until the worst happens. And um, lo, <laughs> here it is. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I think that's actually, I mean, to loop it back, that's sort of the feeling that was triggered for me when Judge hit that home run. Mm-hmm. Because it's like... Against our best... Because that's a moment where Hyde made... He pressed the button. He was... I mean, it was obviously a safe situation. That's when you bring your closer in. Um, But it was like, this is the thing. Felix Bautista, he he might walk some guys, but he doesn't give up home runs. Right. Oops. Right. (laughs) Oops. Well, and also, you know, it's Aaron Judge. So, come on. What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. Sometimes Aaron Judge beats you. Uh, That's that's the, the... that's not the most embarrassing um, player to give up a game-tying home run to. Yeah. I'm just glad it wasn't Harrison Bader. That guy drives me nuts. <laughs> really? That guy drives me nuts. You know, What's like, the, uh... if, like if Adley Rutschman is kind of the emblem of the golden retriever attitude of the Orioles, Harrison Bader is like a, like a Boston Terrier. You know, like <laughs> just like constantly running around on the balls of his feet, chewing on his stupid mouth guard, showboating after every single home. Like he hit a home run in that game to go from four nothing to four to one. And he ran around the bases like and like fist pumped when he crossed home plate like he had just hit a walk off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I realized uh, whatever, let the kids play, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there's just something about Harrison Bader and the Yankees that it coal- that those two energies coalescing in that moment that I was like, this is everything that is wrong with this country. <laughs> <laughs> this overconfident, overconfident white man achieves something relatively meager and acts like he should be like the world should bow at his feet. So he's the Ron DeSantis of uh, baseball. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Thank you, Smith. That's <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what I was looking for. Um, well, uh, we'll see what happens in this in this Texas series. Uh, yeah, you know, I guess like it's interesting to think about. Um, uh, Jays and the Yankees are obviously, you know, th- those are the ones that if you're an Orioles fan, your sphincter gets tight. You know, those are the those are the, those are the scary teams. Right now, just looking at like uh, uh, runs scored over the last month, say, yep, Texas and Cleveland ain't no fucking joke. Texas, that's is a, terrifying. that's two good clubs. That's, that's too good, especially Texas, man. They're hitting the tar out the ball. Yeah, and it's going to be really interesting too, because like right now, for a couple weeks, truthfully, some pockets of explosiveness aside, we have basically been a pitching first team <laughs> like yeah. the offense has not really been very explosive yeah. um i mean outside and, of the top of the seventh i don't think i, I, I guess we we hit garrett cole pretty well i won't even uh, yeah yeah uh but texas is a very bat forward team so maybe it's a good matchup who knows <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah no that, that that's gonna be fun that's gonna be fun and you well, know, the, the Texas blows teams out and and the Orioles don't get blown out. So there's something of a movable force versus a um whatever that phrase is, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something has to give. Well, do you know the biggest question I have going into this series, Smith? What's that? The biggest question I have is uh and and I've been up at night thinking about this. <laughs> um is what what do you call 
former Orioles prospect Henry Urudia, when he has reappeared on the scene in the form of a slugging outfielder for a suddenly resurgent Detroit Tigers squad? I don't know. I just figured it out this morning, uh, actually. So I'm I'm excited for a night of slum- peaceful slumber tonight. Uh, you would Thank call God. him um, Henry Akil Badu Rudia, <laughs> is what you would do. <laughs> and with that, friends, uh, go O's. <laughs> go get a City Connect hat. Those things are nice. Yeah, man. A lot of hate. A lot of hate out there in the Orioles universe. Come on, guys. Have get fun. One. Live get a one. Baltimoreans. <laughs> <laughs>